Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more. And on this edition of the program, this guy says he shot an alien. I mean, shot with a gun. Okay, uh, here we go. I'm not kidding. A man says he shot an alien but but there is a big twist here and i mean it's a big twist it's probably not exactly the kind of alien you're thinking of or or maybe it is uh oh, oh boy uh, this is um this is a weird one but hey you know you know this show is called strange things it's your fault for listening to it so don't blame me here you go First off, I want you to really think about this. If you see something you believe is an alien and you shoot it with a powerful firearm, you have just made a life-altering decision, a life-altering decision. Because if this is, uh, as well, let's say it turns out that this is a human of, of some kind, like in a costume or whatever, well, you've just committed an extreme act, one that could put you in prison easily, not to mention just how you would feel about it. But on the other hand, well, if it's an alien, well, guess what? You just shot an alien from another place, planet, realm. I mean, whatever is going on here, it is a life-altering decision. Well, you are about to hear the actual words of a guy who says he's an ex-military man who has a heck of a tell, and he has never been on a show before. So this is breaking. This is the first time. And I was referred to this guy by a regular listener named Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. And I want to reiterate something to all of you. I received thousands of emails each week from people who want to come on this show and tell a story. And as a general rule, I usually don't allow it. And the reason is that I want to be different from everyone else. This is not primarily an interview show. Uh, this is a show where I present amazing topics and not a show where I just have a guest and and hawk somebody's book or movie or show or website or whatever. I mean, you you know what I mean. So if somebody wants to be on this podcast, they have to either be somebody I'm personally super interested in, uh, or or offer me one hundred thousand dollars and and then we'll talk. No, I, I, look, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm but, but seriously, it's not about money. That's why you like it. You can tell that. That's why it's good. So when I'm considering having someone on this show, I give that person a test. I'm not going to tell you what that test is, but it's a test that I have developed after 30 years of interviewing people. And if you pass that test, then I will consider having you on the show. That does not mean that I necessarily believe your story. It just means that your story is good enough for all of us to think about it 
in my opinion. Well, this man, Michael Willis, who lives in Washington State, here in the United States, passed my test. So I said, okay, let's talk. And I called him. And here is what he has to share with us. Are you ready? Open your mind. It's going to get weird out there. Here we go. What would you like to talk about, Michael? Uh, well, I had an incident uh, about 10 years ago or 11 years ago in Huntsville, Alabama with a very close friend of mine. Um, we ran into what we both believe is a, a genius loci. Okay, so before we get into the story, sure. um, where are you from? Where are you now? And what is your description of what you do? <laughs> Uh, I grew up in Southern California, got out of there as soon as Uncle Sam would pay the bills when I joined the Navy. Uh, now I live in Spokane, Washington, on the Idaho-Washington border, and uh, I'm a retired sailor, uh, 11 years out at sea, uh, between the active duty and civilian side of the Navy. I worked in Intel uh, while I was in the Navy, and I was a, uh, a deck worker for the Merchant Marines. And uh, my last job before I retired was a firearms salesman and range instructor. And so now this is an incident that happened to you in uh, what year? That would have been about, I want to say 2010. It was right before I shipped off to my first ship in the Merchant Marines. Now, a lot of people listening are going to say, what the heck is a genius loci? Is that what you called it? (laughs) Yes, sir. Okay, so what is that? So it's a Roman term. It comes from Roman mythology, and it actually uh, translates pretty closely to uh, spirit of a location. And a lot of people would assume that it has to do with uh, elementals. I've heard them called that before. Uh, in in Irish and Scottish myth, we have the, the fae uh, when they were attached to a specific location. Um, the Romans believed that if you were strong enough of spirit, like the emperors, when they passed away, they would, their spirit would guard the empire or they would guard Rome or Byzantium or, or certain cities. And you feel like you may have come into contact with one of these things face to face. Absolutely. Uh, and frankly, in the last 10 years of, of looking into it and really trying to figure out what in the world my friend and I uh, ran into – it's frankly the only thing that really makes sense. Now, this happened to you in Huntsville, Alabama, which a lot of people know as Rocket City because of their Absolutely. relationship with NASA, uh, a very significant place in our country. Okay, so tell us the story. What happened? Uh, well, I went to go visit my friend, uh, my best friend from the Navy. But no, I've known him for 10 years at that point, 20 years at this point. And we're both... We're both into the spookier side of things. We both enjoy that kind of aspect of things. And uh, we decided to go and look at this area in town that was called Hell's Gate. Uh, The legend of the area was that if you would drive up to this old beat-up wrought iron gate and park your car, within minutes, a huge black vehicle, black truck would appear from down the driveway and chase you away. And uh, the locals would tell stories about that if the truck ever caught you, uh, horrific, horrible things would happen to you. And uh, my friend and I, being the adventurous souls that we we are, decided to go test this theory. So we've hunted down the area, found it, did a little bit of investigation during the day, uh, noticed that there was no no trespassing signs, no purple stickers on the on the trees. Went home, did some satellite imagery uh, using Google Earth to try and look and see if there was any structures. You know, did this belong to anybody? When we didn't find anybody that owned it and we figured out that it must be state or bank land, we decided let's go there at night. And uh, so we loaded up my truck, drove over to it, and went parked right in front of the, the gate for about five minutes. Nothing happened. Then we decided to get a little braver and walk up the driveway, which, uh, looking back, was not the smartest idea. Um, being a, a firearms instructor at the time, I was I was carrying, and you, you know I, I know don't go into the woods without a sidearm in case you run into bears or or worse. And uh, as we w- walked up the driveway, we noticed that 
It was overrun. There was grass everywhere, about knee height, uh, weeds. I mean, there was no way a car had ever been up and down this driveway for years. And we get to about a quarter mile in, and there was a large field. No trees, no bushes, just a large empty field. Maybe a building had been there a long time ago, but nothing was there now. And we, we searched all over the area, didn't find anything, but we very clearly had a feeling of being watched, that there was something in the woods that was looking at us and watching us. And we decided to try and explore a little further. We decided to go off to one of the nearest paths to the driveway. And as we were walking up the path, I started hearing the sound of, the best way I can describe it is, is like a chittering sound, like a, like a chattering sound. No, no real, no words, just, just chitter, 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 like almost an insect-like sound. My friend afterwards told me he started hearing the sound of a large car engine revving. And as we got further into the woods, I started seeing things out of the corner of my eyes, darting from tree to tree to tree. And I am frankly terrified of the idea of alien abduction. It scares the ever-living daylights out of me. And a couple nights beforehand, we had watched this movie, Fourth Kind, mm-hmm. uh, Mia Yavovich, and they described, you know, some of the events surrounding uh, alien abduction, smell of cinnamon, uh, these, these voices, the greys, you know, things like that. It terrified me. Scared the ever-living hell out of me. It's time for a break. When we come back, well, just wait till you hear what happened next to Michael and his friend. Hey, listen, if you want some free gifts from me, and I'm talking instant free gifts, go to joshuapwarren.com and take two seconds, put your email address into my e newsletter subscriber box just hit the submit button and you will instantly receive some stuff from me that will make your life much more magical plus i have some really cool stuff that i don't talk about in this podcast that i'll be sending to you directly there is no period after the p if you go to joshua p to sign up for my free e newsletter on the site and also remember you can follow me on twitter at Joshua P. Warren. That's my name. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. 
Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At ParanormalDate.com, you meet the most fantastic people. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here? Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, uh, the paranormal, uh, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go. Uh, okay. Guess that's not your cup of tea. Are you sure? Very. Good luck with that. I can't meet anyone when I'm out and I really can't find a website for my unique interests. What does one to do? Have you thought about ParanormalDate.com? Para what dot what? Who are you? I'm a paranormal matchmaker and it's ParanormalDate.com It's a website for people looking for people like them. Stuff you like, remember? Interesting. Uh, I'll give it a try. Well, let's try this again. Uh, hi, I'm Tom. Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on Paranormal date.com looked very interesting. So you really saw a UFO? Well, yeah. It was so intense, but not as intense as meeting you. You're an alien chasing flirt, but I kind of like it. Wow. This paranormaldate.com thing really works. Maybe paranormaldate.com is for you. People with an interest in things they hear on George's show find their match daily. So if you're looking for that special someone with an interest in UFOs, ghosts, aliens, big Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and of course, the paranormal. Come to the dating site inspired by George Norrie. It's always free to search, and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. ParanormalDate.com. You are not alone. I'm George Norrie. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And now, let's get back to the experience that Michael Willis had in the countryside 
of Huntsville, Alabama. He has never forgotten what happened next. Here we go. And that's what I started hearing. And I started smelling this stuff. And I looked at my friend and I said, do you see, do you hear any of this going on? Do you see? And he's just looking at me. He's like, I, I just hear a car, man. I just hear a car. Well, we got probably fifth of a mile, quarter of a mile up this path. And we both kind of stopped and looked at each other. And we, we both had the feeling like the woods themselves were, were doing their best to pull us into it. And while we were standing there talking, I clearly, I remember looking up the path just a little bit and I saw what looked to me to be a gray, an alien lean out from one of the trees and then go back in. And that was enough to absolutely terrify me. So I turned to my friend and I said, we got to go. Well, let's, let's get out of here. And we started walking as fast as we could back to the field. And we heard these things behind, whatever it was, we heard something behind us through the trees. And I remember looking at my friend saying, we got to go run. And we ran back to the field, stopped for a few seconds to catch our breath, and then started jogging down the driveway. And the whole way you could hear these things, something behind us following us. We stopped about, and neither one of us were in the best of shape. And we stopped for just a few seconds, about halfway down the driveway. And I turned around to look at my friend and standing probably five feet behind him in the middle of this, you know, 15 foot wide old broke down driveway was what looked like to me a gray, like you'd see in these space movies. And it was reaching out to grab my friend's shoulder. And I reached out, grabbed my friend threw him as fast as I could behind me while yelling run. And with my other hand, I drew my sidearm, slammed it out and pulled the trigger twice. And as I did that, this thing, it just, it vibrated. Like it started shaking and then it, just, it disappeared right in front of my eyes. This thing just disappeared. And I remember standing there for probably about a half a second before I just turned and ran with my friend. And we leaped over this old rusty wrought iron gate, leaped over the, the drainage ditch on the side of the road, ran the, the about 100 feet to my truck, jumped in, and we took off out of there as fast as we possibly could and got back to our house shaking. I mean, these are two 30-year-old men. I mean, I was 30. He was 40 shaking uh and our wives are like what in the world happened to you guys we didn't even share with them until the next day what happened and neither one of our spouses were terribly thrilled with us for what we did that was uh, a, a terrifying experience so you believe that you shot at a gray alien well i i believe i shot at something that looked like a gray mm -hmm. I, I what i believe when i asked my friend about it later he told me what he saw and he heard was the sound of a truck engine revving and that he saw when he looked behind him headlights coming down the driveway. So what I believe was happening was what was at this place was using our greatest fears of what we would encounter mm -hmm. against us to drive us away. Okay. Which goes back to the genius loci concept. Exactly right, yes. Okay, let's make that connection. So how, how do you envision all this coming together? Well, I picture sometime in the past. I don't know when, you know, how long this thing has been there. But I picture this this spirit being showing up in, in this area of Huntsville and deciding that it really likes this area. And it it sets up residency there and it decides it's going to live there and it's going to drive away any humans or anything that it doesn't want on this property. Sorry, my dog is squeaking a toy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's going to use our worst fears against us to drive us off this land. I mean, it was a, it was a beautiful piece of land. Absolutely gorgeous. There's no reason why somebody wouldn't be living there. And 
it was clear that some, perhaps sometime in the past, somebody had. I mean, Huntsville in that area of Alabama has been settled for hundreds of years, um, at least by, by Americans, and yet there was nothing there. We didn't even find so much as, as a real good foundation for an old house on the property. We saw what looked like somebody had been preparing to build there a long time ago. Um, so I wondered why nobody had lived there. And the only thing I could think of was this thing had dr- driven them all away. And and not to minimize this in any way from a pop culture standpoint, but just to make it easier for listeners to understand, it reminds me of the scene in Ghostbusters when, you know, the 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 uh, evil force will take on whatever you imagine. And, of course, accidentally, <laughs> the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is, right. uh, is, is manifested. So do you think that that is sort of how that these these genius loci, these uh, protective spirits are able to basically intimidate humans by by saying uh, on a case-per-case basis, what is it that's going to scare this particular person away? Absolutely. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that every single genius loci that people run into is necessarily going to be a negative spirit uh, or, or, or malevolent. Um, when we go to places like, uh, I, I've traveled in Europe and I went to Chartres Cathedral in France and walking into that cathedral, you feel this sense of hope and beauty and wonder. Uh, and I have to think that that's a very attractive feeding ground to, to, a, a spirit to come and feed off of that positive, uh, emotion. And so I got to think that some of these things are not necessarily, bad or, or evil or malevolent, at least by our, our, our understanding. I mean, they're so different from us. It, it's like trying to explain morality to an ant. So let's go back to that terrifying experience, because as a man with a military background, mm-hmm. especially uh, to pull out your firearm and, and shoot, yeah. I mean, that's a major moment. Oh, in yeah. life. That's a major moment in anybody's life. If you have to think I am trying to kill something yeah. that looks humanoid. Uh, and and you know you, it had had to cross your mind because obviously you were in a state of uh, disorientation. Like, could this be a person in a costume? Could this be right. you know like like what what made you decide it was appropriate to fire at this thing? Uh well, like a, like I said, I've been a firearms instructor. I've been a range instructor. Uh, I, I was an NRA certified firearms instructor for a long time. Um, I, I have at this point, decades of, of firearm experience. That is literally the one and only time I have ever drawn my firearm um, with the intent of causing harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in situations left and right throughout my life that I probably should have drawn my firearm and it stayed in the holster. Um, I've lived all over the country. I've lived in Memphis, Tennessee, Spokane, Washington. I've been in all kinds of crazy situations. And that was the one and only time. And what, what pushed me to do it was when I was, you know, everything leading up to that, everything I had seen, there was no way that what I was seeing was human. Um, from the size of the chest to the size of the arms, the length of the arms to the body, the length of the legs to the body, the size of the head, the movement, um, I had been seeing these things darting through the trees for, for at that point, probably 20 minutes or so. Um, there was just no way that it was human. And when I saw that thing standing behind my friend, it was within five feet of me. You know, it was within five feet of him. He was within about three feet of me. It was not a full moon night, but it was a bright night. And so it was a clear, it was clear what you were seeing. Um, if I had had any doubt whatsoever in my mind, I would not have drawn. I may have drawn and kept the gun at low, at low ready, aimed at the ground and said, you know, who are you? What are you, you know, why are you doing this to us? But seeing what I saw, there was no question in my mind. Okay, so if what you encountered was the product of a genius loci that was manifesting something that mm-hmm. is partially based upon what you are scared of. Right. Um, do you feel like that what you saw 
is customized to what would scare you as an alien, or do you think there was any objectivity whatsoever to this being? I think that it was customized to what would terrify me the most. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think that it pulled that image from my mind because I've seen, I've seen that image before as well. I've seen it, uh, uh, you know, on shows like the X files, you see that image consistently. Uh, so I, I really truly do think that this, this loci pulled that image from my mind, knowing that that was what was going to hit me the hardest. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you were afraid of Bigfoot, you would have encountered a Bigfoot instead. I absolutely 100% agree with that. Yes. When we come back, we'll get into what his friend experienced. What did he see? What did he remember about that night? Are we getting weird enough for you? I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be right back after these important messages. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Dr. Nathan Newman, doctor to top athletes and celebrities, plus creator of stem cell-based Luminess, is proud to announce a much lower price on his products, so more can enjoy a more youthful look. Luminess is great for women and men on those fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, plus great on the neck, forehead, and hands. Dr. Newman. What causes the skin to break down with age? Changes that we start to look on our skin starts actually in our 20s where we get sun damage and the effects of pollution and our environment start to cause our skin to age and we start to break down the collagen, the elastin, and we get glycation, which is the sugar that we eat gets stuck within the collagen fibers and makes our skin inflexible. The Luminous Skin Care line does two things. One, it has a reparative effect so it makes the skin look and feel much better, softer, supple, and more young and smooth. But it also is preventative. So it prevents the skin from the breakdown and the damage that we get from the sun and from the environment and from sugars that we have in our body. Thank you, Dr. Newman. For several years, we have offered Luminous products and decided a price reduction was in order. So more can enjoy the amazing benefits of Dr. Newman's stem cell-based Luminous. Shop now at HealthyLooking.com or call toll-free 800-604-3129. If you would like to try Luminous, how about our starter kit, Postage Paid, for $19.99? See the full line of products from Luminous, plus our starter kit offer at HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com or call 800-604-3129. Luminous from HealthyLooking.com. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. And now, let's just get right back to the story. If this uh, gray uh, was sort of customized by the genius loci to terrify you um did did your friend experience the same thing or was there any variation on his perception of what he saw <laughs> so what he experienced for some reason leading up to this when we were talking about it uh, and planning the trip and, and getting ready for it he would not stop talking about how terrifying it would be to him if that truck if this big black demonic truck chased us off the property um for some reason and he's a he's a smart guy he he does a lot of uh i won't give away too much of what he does because he still works for uncle sam uh, he he's a very smart very brilliant guy but for him to be terrified of a truck he, he wasn't terrified of aliens it didn't bother him none of that none of that worried him he he, he was never really scared of of ghost stuff but for some reason this idea of being chased off by a truck terrified him. So the whole time that I was experiencing the chittering sounds, the movement in the woods, uh, seeing the grays jump, you know, move from tree to tree to tree, he said he was hearing the revving of a huge diesel engine, um, the, 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 the moving of tires on the gravel and dirt in the field. Uh, when we were running away from the field, uh, down the driveway, he said he could even see our shadows being cast by headlights behind us. And that when we stopped uh, and I encountered the gray uh, and forced them to run, when he looked behind us as he ran after I shoved him, he saw a massive, enormous black uh a truck that was just spewing flames and fire and stuff. And what he saw was me snap, draw my gun and put two rounds through the windshield. <laughs> and this thing skid off and then vanish. He said, I mean, he described this thing as vibrating as well when I shot it and 
vanish. He didn't think anything, you know, much more of it because to him, I shot a car that was trying to run us over and it vanished. And he didn't understand how in the world this massive truck could just vanish like you snap your fingers. Uh, So from his perspective, he saw what he was convinced he would be most terrified of. So why do you choose to come out and publicly tell the story? Yeah, uh, I think it's important that people are, are honest with these things. For years, anybody who had any kind of interaction with the supernatural or paranormal, uh, the second they opened their mouth, they were mocked. Um, and that would lead to the individual questioning, what did I do? What is wrong with me? Um, I went, I mean, I went through that for years. I grew up in a very Christian household. Uh, we didn't talk about spirits or spirituality or, or ghosts or anything like that. It wasn't part of our, our, our belief system. And so when I started encountering these things, I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have anyone to talk to. Um, the few people I opened up to about it at the time, uh, rejected it, rejected me, rejected it. Uh, it had to be evil. It had, you know, at best it was demonic and at worst I was making it up. So I don't want some kid, you know, (laughs) some 17 year old or a 15 year old kid who's encountering these things, uh, or, or 25 or 30 year old grown up encountering these things and not having some kind of support to know what you're seeing is real. What you're encountering is real. There's nothing wrong with you, you know, and you have support out there. Well, there you have it. That was my discussion with Michael Willis. And (laughs) thank you, Michael. It, It really raises even more questions, doesn't it? Because when you think about his experience, you're, at least I think, okay, well, was there a force there that recognized his fear it tapped into his brain and manifested in a way that would would frighten him in particular or did he manifest the whole thing Uh, maybe there's just you know like something about this area that makes it more conducive to a, a manifestation experience an interface uh, it's, it's you know one of these portal type locations that we talk about um so you get to this sort of you know chicken or the egg dilemma um uh, and as i've told you before i am an expert on all the things that we don't know so i i'm not sure i just based upon that conversation i'm not sure what's happening at that spot maybe you have more information about that type of thing or or even that location and uh if so michael has given me permission to give you his email address you are welcome to contact him and share experiences or ask questions his email address is mike m-i-k-e mike d as in dog Mike D. Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S, 1776, just like the year when the Declaration of Independence was signed. Mike D. Willis, 1776 at gmail.com. I hope you'll get in touch with him and, uh, you know, just bounce some ideas around. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Mike D. Willis, 1776 at gmail.com. And, of course, he lives now in Washington State. And soon I am going to be in Washington State, September of this year, 2021. I will be in Everett, Washington, just outside of Seattle. Uh, I've never been there before. And I am going to be one of the guests at George Norrie's big live event there. And so I'm looking forward to that. I um, Because of all the projects I have, I'm... I I hardly do any more personal appearances. I just don't have the time for it. Um, And so this will probably be the last one that I do for quite a while. And uh, it will sell out. George Norrie's live events always do. So if you'd like to come to 
See me there in September in Washington State. Go to joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll see currently the yellow letters at the top that uh, have a link to the event, or you can click the news section and get your ticket and come visit me in Washington this fall. But uh, yeah, what an interesting story, huh? You just never know what you're going to hear on this program. And that's why that I really am surprised by the emails that I get and uh, the, the stories that I am exposed to. And I wish I could read them all. I'm, I'm way behind. But when it comes to this question of manifestation and how things manifest in general, there are some particular questions that I get emailed over and over again on a pretty regular basis. And I hope that you understand something. When I first started studying paranormal phenomena, it was because that I was trying to figure out how ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, how, how that stuff could just appear. You know, what was, what was the, 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 the process there, the physical process? And people, they pay attention to it when, when spooky and creepy and scary things appear. But I realized that if you learned more and more about that process, then you could also apply that to positive things. If you can manifest something scary, well, you ought to be able to use that same kind of process to create something that's beneficial, that's loving, kind, abundant. And that's why I do a lot of positive metaphysical stuff, because in my opinion, the the purpose of understanding how things manifest is to look into how we can eventually use this to better ourselves and better our, our society and, you know, help, help, help everybody out, help out your friends and your family. So it seems like a good time for me to uh, address a big question uh, that I, I often get from people who contact me and they say, you know what? I, uh, I, I have a wishing machine or a prayer board, or I'm using a bad buster or a wand or it does. And I'm trying to manifest something. And then they say, how long will it take? How long is this going to take for this to happen? And uh, I posed that question once to Charles Casamano, Uncle Chucky. And he said, as long as it takes. And I understand what he means by that, but let me try to give you a more satisfying answer. When you are trying to manifest something good for yourself, you're trying to improve your life in some way, there are some certain guidelines that you have to keep in mind. And every situation is unique and and special, and that's why, you know, there's no one answer that suits everybody in this scenario. And so in my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, I have a chapter, it's uh, chapter six, it's called Give It Time. Um, but when we come back from our break here, I'm going to tell you more about what that means, give it time and get more specific with you. And I'm also going to tell you about something I don't think I've ever talked about on this show before, something that I keep around my house all over the place that I think brings good fortune, brings good luck. So I'll tell you all about that when we come back. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god 
my friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It can also expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them. Thanks for listening. Keep it here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We're happy to let you know that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows all for free. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren. And think about a farmer who plants a seed, fully hoping, expecting this thing is going to grow. Well, what happens if the farmer is impatient and he's 
digging the seed back up every day or two to see if it's growing. <laughs> well, it's not going to grow. He is he's destroying the process because he is not trusting the process. Now, I'm not saying that every seed is going to grow. There are other factors in the universe. But the last thing you want to do is plant your seed and then go in and interfere with it and disrupt it. No, you plant it knowing that I've put this seed here and now I've done everything that I can do. I can continue watering or fertilizing the spot or whatever, but now it's to some extent out of my hands. It's up to mother nature. It's up to the universe. And it goes with any thing that you want to plant out there, any type of a mental seed, a thought form that you want to plant. If you just constantly scratch at it and dig it up to see how it's doing, you will, then you are going to sabotage yourself, you see. So that's the first thing to keep in mind when you ask this question of how long is it going to take for something to manifest? Now, if you are using a manifestation tool like a wishing machine or maybe the bad buster where you begin by producing some kind of a written statement and you put that statement down and you just feel at a certain point like, you know, I don't see any evidence that this is working. It's okay to rewrite that or refresh it like putting new batteries in. And, and sometimes as time goes on, you think of maybe better ways you can word things. That's okay to do that. But when you're trying to manifest things and you ask this question of like, well, how long is it going to take? Here are some tips to, to keep in mind. Uh, okay. And this is what I, I send this to people who, who ask me this. This varies greatly on a case-per-case case basis. It depends on how many factors in the universe must rearrange themselves to conform to your specific desire. In our experiments, some things happen almost instantly. Other things that are more complex can take weeks, months, or years depending on the magnitude. So the, the length of time seems to depend partially on the following factors. Number one, who is the person placing the intention and what is their current position, uh, position in life? That is to say, what is their starting point? So for example, it's easier for a millionaire to manifest a million dollars next week than it is for a person with $20 in their account. The person with $20 should think, well, maybe I want to manifest $100. And the person with $100 might think, well, maybe I want to manifest $500. And the person with $500 tries to manifest $1,000. And that is the process that you have to understand allows the, the mind to more uh, easily and, and sort of rationally make that leap to manifest what is necessary. So the, the starting point plays a difference and uh, you manifest what you want gradually. The second thing is um, the, 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 the second factor, how many changes need to occur for reality to conform to the desire? For example, it's easier to get your neighbors to quieten down than it is to assemble the entire cast and crew of a feature film and shoot it successfully. So how many moving parts are there? That plays a big, big role as well. The more complex something is, well, yeah, the, the, the longer it's going to take for it to come together. And the third thing is, what is the timing of all, of all this? So how many opposing factors are working against you? For example, it's easier to wish for a front row seat at the Super Bowl during the off season rather than waiting until the day before the game. And just keep in mind, if you're trying to manifest something, hey, you're not the only person in the world trying to manifest. No, 
Your intentions are competing with everybody else's. You're not God. You're not the absolute, you know, superpower that gets to make whatever you want happen for you. You are a participant in this entire spiritual experience. And so if you want an upper hand, it's kind of like the early bird catches the worm. So yeah, don't wait till the last minute and then don't be, you know, hung up on, on details that are stupidly specific um, because the, you make it harder for yourself. And because that everybody is unique and every situation is unique, well, that's about the best advice I can give, the, the best information I can give you regarding how long it takes to manifest things for greater clarity on the issue. Again, you, you just you have to read my book. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll see the icon there for my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction. You can download it and read it as an ebook instantly. I think it's like nine ninety five. Or you can get a, a printed copy through my website sent to you. And some people go to uh, other sources and people are charging like uh, well over $100 for a copy of this book. But if you order it from my website, you'll get it at a reasonable price. So I hope that's helpful. But I, I do want to give you a, an interesting little tip. This is something that I've had for a while here as a notation that I wanted to share with you. Um, do you know why that Ian Fleming chose to make James Bond 007? Uh, I got an email a few months ago from my great friend, Santero David Longley. You've heard me interview him on this program. And uh, he, he likes to be mysterious and, and tease me with metaphysical uh, questions. And, and so at the end of his letter, he goes, P.S. Do you know why that Ian Fleming used 007 for James Bond? And uh, I didn't know. So, of course, I ran to the computer and looked it up. And this is something that uh, really uh, you can apply to your life in an odd way. So apparently the character of Merlin, and I knew all about this. The character of Merlin and other wizards throughout history have often been based upon this man named John Dee, an Englishman who lived from 1527 until about 1609. He was a, a mathematician, astronomer, astrologer, teacher, occultist, alchemist. And uh, it said that he had one of the largest libraries in England. He was a political advisor uh, to uh, Elizabeth the first and uh, just if you don't know who John D is re read about John D one of the most fascinating characters in all of history well he also ended up being a sort of a spy as it turns out for England and he would sign his letters to the queen with 007 and the reason is the two zeros look like two eyes and so that means for your eyes only. So that's kind of like the, the symbol for top secret. Zero, zero, for your eyes only. But then he would end it with the seven because the number seven is the number of luck and good fortune. And you see that all throughout nature. Look at, for example, the colors in the spectrum. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. That's seven. Or the notes in the musical scale. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti. Seven. In the Bible, it says the Lord made the world and then rested on the seventh day. It's a holy, sacred number of good fortune. And that's why he would end it with a seven. And so you know what I have all around my house? Big, giant sevens. I don't care what they're made out of. I don't care if they're flat or 3D. I have big sevens all around my house. And it goes without saying, I have some pretty good fortune in my life. So I wanted to squeeze that in there for you as a little tip. Find yourself some sevens and put them around the house and see what happens. But before we end, of course, here is another tip for some good fortune. I'm going to play for you the good fortune tone. Take a deep breath, close your eyes if you can, relax, and listen now to the good fortune tone.
That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.